The Lock Draft Podcast is brought to you by Fresh Apparel Printing. Do you have a band and want to sell merch at your next gig? Fresh Apparel has graphic artists on staff that can make your logo into a t-shirt within minutes. Having a business and need company apparel for your employees? Fresh Apparel can embroider hats and shirts with detailed patterns and bring your logo to life with literal pinpoint precision. Also, for Lock Draft listeners... Fresh Apparel will be having sales on custom embroidery warm-ups and jackets for all our hooping ass players that want to get their 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 unis fresh. So listeners of the show receive 10, 10% off any custom order or embroidery or t-shirt. If you use the promo code DRAFT, that's promo code DRAFT. DRAFT. Da, 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 da. Fulfill all your custom clothing needs at freshapparel.co, not .com, or call 219-864-9009 today and use the promo code. Guys, come on. You remember, right? Draft. Draft. Okay. It does, actually. You're right. Ah. Oh boy, guys. You guys ready? Back at it again. Ah. Hey, hey, hey. Boys and girls. Women and men. Babies and toddlers. It's the Lock Draft Podcast. Lock Draft Basket Hoops Podcast. Coach Don Fabrizi, Nationwide West, Uncle Dougie, or what have you been calling me, John, lately? What have I been calling you lately? Yeah, you know, Dateline Dougie. <laughs> We're here to talk draft, though. But, that's a little inside joke between me and John. Anyways, what's up, guys? You excited for Champ Week? Oh man, it's the greatest, ain't it? I miss your I miss your manly voice, John. Don't take that the wrong way. But I have a Yeah, I know, yeah. We need two deep voices. Cause we got Adam Silver on the line ready to ready to announce our picks for us. So anyways, this is our grand return, season two of the Lock Draft Podcast. We're starting in the heat of the battle. We let everybody else argue about John Morant and Zion Williamson and everybody else. And if this Duke team is the Fab Five, I've been getting on some dust-ups on Twitter because I'm just feeling gully lately. Uh, You know, I got all kinds of shit going on. But for the most part, we're just looking at the draft today. And what we would do... John and I are controlling an equal amount of teams. We have 15 teams. Or, not 15 teams, 15 picks each. But, sometimes we'll be picking out of order. But we're basically going to be doing a lock draft. Now here's the rules. There's no trades. We can discuss trades that we might think about making, but ultimately we'll be making the pick for the team. That will come in handy when John plays Danny Ainge. (laughs) 
Um, and it will also come in handy. Excuse me. I just coughed into the mic. But, um, yeah, uh, I'll be controlling the Hawks. That should be fun. And I'll also be controlling the Cavs. That should also be just a, just a jolly old time. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to tell you uh, who every team should pick. So, you know, you don't have to worry about it when you're going into draft night or when you're worrying. Just listen to us. We'll tell you who your favorite team should pick and if you should be pissed off if they pick somebody else. So, anyways, Nationwide West will be playing the role of Adam Silver. And the New York Knicks are on the clock. And Dougie is... Who am I now? Who's who's running the Knicks? I should know that, but... Oh, it's David Griffin, right? Yeah, David Griffin's running the Knicks. Right? I don't know. I thought... Yeah. I thought Isaiah Thomas had a role somehow. No, I think he runs the WNBA team, but anyways. Oh, Oh, the pick is in. The pick is in. Oh, Okay. Yes, I am taking Zion Williamson. So this is the thing I have with Zion. I'm going to try to make this quick uh, as I possibly can. Everybody knows me. They're going to say, Dougie, Dougie, Dougie. He's going to figure out a way to shit all over Zion Williamson and be a contrarian. But I just can't do it. Sorry. Um, And my most... And it's not because I do not have questions about Zion Williamson. It's that that in that market with that guy, I don't think a lot of people realize that everybody wants to think that winning is the number one focus of an NBA team. But actually, the number one focus of an NBA team, especially the Knicks and James Dolan, is to make money. So, um Zion will do a lot of that the first day he walks in the door. And you can't argue with the fact that he's a once-in-a-generational type player. I mean, I, I I would be remiss if I went and picked somebody else just to be contrarian when Zion is kind of like the guy that I will always tell, like, like an Anthony Davis or a Carl Anthony Towns or somebody that is... I don't know, once in a generational, once in a 10 years, whatever the hell you want to call it, you know, it's just somebody you have to take. And that's, uh, and, and I do actually have some questions about if he is the best player in the draft, but they're not. So it's not that, it's not that serious to where I wouldn't take him. So I'm taking Zion. I'm going to put all kinds of asses in the seats. I'm putting all kinds of jerseys getting sold. Like that, he'll instantly become the number one jersey seller in in the league. So, from a business point of view, and and really from a basketball point of view, if you look at their depth chart, Lance Thomas, Noah Vonley. I mean, it's not at power forward. You know, he can get in there with Kevin Knox. That's a nice little forward combination, and you know they're pretty set at point guard. Um. You can argue they could take a big, but why would they when they could take Zion Williamson? So I take Zion Williamson, first pick. If he doesn't blow out his knee in the ACC tournament. Sure. Uh, With the second pick, the uh, Suns select John Morant, guard out of Murray State. Yeah, I I selected for the Suns here. 
at John Puglisi on Twitter. You know me. Um, yeah. The coach. I think it's one of those picks where um, I believe the Suns need a ball-dominant guy um, outside of um, Devin Booker as a guard. I think they need um, to add some athleticism in the backcourt. Um, and as someone who can really pass, I think that's probably John Morant's best um, attribute is his ability to pass the basketball in the NBA. I think he's going to read pick and rolls really well um, with DeAndre Ayton. I think it puts Devin Booker in a better position than he currently is in, although I think anybody they guard in this, or that he take in this spot will potentially do that. Um, and, you know, I think John Morant is a guy who we don't know a ton about. Like, it's really hard to take dudes who are mid-major minus players, which he's not a mid-major minus team, but he's that explosive and he has that ability um, to put himself in a position to be really good in the league. What that means in terms of the ceiling, I have no idea. Um, and I, I just don't. So, you know, I, I think he's a talent. Um, I think he has some polarizing attributes that are exciting to watch. Um, I don't know if he's Russell Westbrook or um, if he's um, the dude in Portland. Like, I, I don't know um, Damian Lillard. Like, I don't know what his actual ceiling is, but um, I don't think he's like anyone else in this draft. Um, and I think he'd be a great addition of the Suns. Let me ask you one quick question before I throw my pick in my next pick. Do you think John Morant really is the, the number one point guard in the draft? I don't think he's the number one point guard in the draft. I think he's um, I think he's the best guard in the draft. Okay. Which I think is really different. I, I don't I do think he's too. the best point yeah. guard. I don't think he's the best true point guard. Mm-hmm. I don't think he is a true point guard. Just like I don't think Russell Westbrook's a true point guard. Right, exactly. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, Russell Westbrook's a guy who's averaging a triple-double. We've never seen outside of maybe Magic Johnson do anything like Russell Westbrook did. So, and they're very different, you know. So I don't think he's the best point guard, but I do think he's the best guard. Fair enough. All right, and uh, third on the clock is Cleveland, and their pick is in. And the Cavs select Rui Hashimura forward from Gonzaga University. So yeah, um, I'm gonna go with best available here. Uh, they need to get some firepower in that lineup. And whether Rui's able to do that now or two years from now or three years from now, I mean, his upside is probably higher than... Uh, wait, excuse Yeah, his, his upside is probably higher than anybody else's in the draft. And I know I could take R.J. Barrett here, and I'm really on the fence with it. I like R.J. I think I just made the next pick for John. But um, I'm going to take Rui because... Um, it's really close for me, but I think Rui has so much more to learn where I think that RJ is already such a student of the game. I think Rui's upside and the fact that I have another pick in this in this first round, I'm going to go with Rui here. Uh, this will be, be my controversial take here is I'm going to take Rui over RJ Barrett, but um, I, I, I can't argue with taking RJ Barrett, but I personally... I'm really teetering on the fence with them two, as with R.J. Barrett and Rui Hachimura as the number two and three players behind Zion. So, I'm taking Rui. Shock! Shock for you guys. Chicago on the clock and a little bit of 
foreshadowing from Uncle Dougie. Bulls select R.J. Barrett, guard out of Duke University. You sound nothing like Adam Silver, but yeah, go ahead. Zero percent. Yeah. Um, I pick R.J. Barrett. I think mm-hmm. um, for the Bulls, this would be best case scenario. Oh yeah. Um, I, you know, it, it gives them uh, with Wendell Carter and Markinen and Zach Levine. It gives a guy who's another scoring guard. Um, but underrated in R.J. Barrett's ability in the NBA is who's going to be his ability to play and pick and rolls and see open defenses and make passes. Um, he's not necessarily like your prototypical playmaking guard, and I don't think he's a scoring guard in the NBA. I think he's just a solid guy who hits you know, all three major stat lines in games. I don't think he's a triple-double guy, but you know, can he be – 15 to 18 with six rebounds and five assists. Yeah, I think he can. I think that would be a total win for the Bulls. So um, I don't think RJ Barrett is um, a savior for a franchise, but with a young core like the Bulls have, I really like. I, I think they'd be thrilled to have RJ Barrett slip to them at four in this spot. Right. Yeah, I agree with you too. And and you know, uh, like that that was my main kind of dilemma was who has the better scoring ups, uh, offensive upside is it Rui or is it RJ but, and I came I, I was at RJ for a long time but I think that Rui with his body has it I don't know what, you, you would take RJ over Rui right like if you if you had my pick well I, I've been a believer I mean I think yeah. I, I think I Rui Rossimur to win the national player of the year here this yeah. year um, I believe in Rui Hachimura's ability. I, I really do. That's I why I asked you. I would. I, I would. think his upside is better than anyone in the draft. Yeah. And I, I believe that. I think he has. I include Zion in that too. Yeah, I, I think he has better upside than Zion. Yeah, and, and so you know, I, I, I believe in what Rui's going to do in year two, three, and four here down the road. I think he's going to have a bit of a learning curve, not unlike the learning curve that Colin Sexton has had. I still believe in Colin Sexton here moving forward for the Cavs, and so I, I like um, those two together. I, but I don't think – the issue is, is he going to move the needle for the Cavs? You know, in year one, I don't think he moves the needle, but I think it gives him a, a great place to, to really learn and, and to play within uh, that organization and get better. So, um, you know, if RJ's off here – um, they can't get John Morant, or excuse me, if they can't get um, uh, John Morant, I'm talking about the Bulls, yeah. if they can't get John Morant, then, you know, RJ would be the best case scenario for him. So, but I like Rui. Yeah, and not, that's another thing I thought about with Rui is that the Cavs are not, like, like he they don't plan on being good next year either, or yeah, probably the year after that, so they have time to develop Rui. So, yeah, sure. um, yeah, so all right, I'm up. Uh, I got three picks with the Hawks. Clock? Yeah, yeah, on the clock, uh, Kelvin Johnson, wing from Kentucky. Yes, yes, yes. So, Kelvin Johnson, my red herring in here, and I think he's a perfect pick for the Hawks here, even though I think I can probably get him at eight, maybe, but I'm not really going to take the chance with it here. I think I'm going to take Kelvin Johnson, he's a solid player. I think he's Besides Zion, I think he's probably the safest player in the draft. 
I don't know if anybody can it will agree with me on that. I, there's a couple other guys I like as the safest player in the draft, but um, I'm I, I like Kelvin Johnson. He's he's the top player on my board right now at this spot, so I'm taking Kelvin Johnson. I, I look at Atlanta's roster. I'm not really sure who comes back and who doesn't at these wing spots, but we're looking at Kevin Herter, Vince Carter, Kent Bazemore. You know, uh, I see Jordan Seibert on here as a fourth string, too. Like, Torian Prince, it's nothing that's overwhelming, you know. You're building your team around Trey Young and Torian Prince, or Trey Young and John Collins right now. And at least, at very least, you get some competition at these wing spots. Vince Carter probably won't be back. Kent Bazemore, I don't know if his contract's up, but, like, I think that Kelvin Johnson can get past Bazemore in a, in a year or two tops, you know. So, and and even though Kevin Herter's the Orange Mamba, like, Kelvin Johnson walks in and takes his spot. So, um, I would like to have more shooters around. I mean, but Kelvin's big proven that he can hit shots at least so i like kelvin and he's a two-way player they, they need that stuff around there so kelvin johnson you guys approve i'm not as big of a kelvin johnson fan as you are i just never have been i watched him a lot in the sec yeah uh, i i think he's a solid role guy um i think he'll fit in nicely with trey young um, you know what that means. I don't really know mm. in terms of Kelvin Johnson's ceiling. What is it really? I think, you know, but I, I, I think it's a it, it's a bit of a reach pick in my opinion. But um, I've also watched him probably closer with my proximity to SEC and watching mm. as much SEC basketball as I have as anyone. And I may have talked myself out of it a little bit as well, um, just because he's you know that Kentucky team has just had a bunch of dudes filling a role. Um, but he does some good things. I, I think he's a really good NBA defender as well, which I think can really help Trey Young as a backcourt mate. Right. Yeah, I'm picking two picks later too. So I mean, I like I said, depending on what I would hear, I would say, I would say maybe I might wait till eight. But either way, go ahead. John's got two All picks right. in a row. Yep. Coach is on the clock. Uh, the Grizzlies at six. Cam Reddish, the wing. University. I think underrated in everything that Cam Reddish does is his ability to play with the ball in his hands. I think mm-hmm. he's gotten into too much of a role right. at Duke, and it has taken the ball out of his hands. He's not as good in decision-making. Um, he hasn't played in a pick-and-roll often. He settles for jumpers. He doesn't get all the way to the rim. But this dude has a pure stroke. He's going to a franchise that is void of talent, um, especially young talent, although Jaron Jackson was a home run pick for them last year and a guy who I didn't think would do as well offensively as he has. Um, so a great pick by them last year. I think they need to follow up with a guy who can make shots uh, and a guy who, in my opinion, again, I go back to passing, I think he's going to be better in the NBA playing with the ball in his hands than he has been in college. Primarily because he hasn't gotten a lot of opportunity playing with um, a ball-dominant guy like R.J. Barrett and with a guy like Trey Jones. Um, So uh, it's been a a decent year for him, but I feel like he's been going 75%. And I think you'll see a different Cam Reddish um, lean up to the draft and then 
Um, I, I think people are going to be wild at his ability to make shots from NBA uh, three-point range. No, yeah, I, I hear you. I, I think that you're right about him. He put every time you've seen him before he went to Duke, he had the ball in his hands all the time, and he's really dynamic with it. But there's four guys on the team that are having the ball in their hands more than him right now, and that's fine. He's he's shown quite an ability to be able to spot up and shoot, which is which was kind of more of a question for him. He was just kind of a bucket getting machine in high school and in AAU. So. To see him be able to spot up and shoot, which, you know, like when you go to the NBA, you're going to actually have to take a step down and play a role sometimes, and he's shown that he can come and play a role too. And so that's not necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes people think that he gets, he's getting, you know, he's getting shut down by the higher talent above him, but really he's just proving he can play a role, which is what a lot of mid-lottery picks do, so... You're up. John's up again at seven for the Washington Wizards. Coach up again, Wizards. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, wing from Virginia University. Yeah, I, I love DeAndre Hunter. I thought he could have potentially been drafted um, last year, um, you know, in, in the lottery. Like, this is a guy who's had a fantastic year on a really good Virginia team. He shoots the three really well. I mean, shooting something like 40, 45, 46% for three, albeit limited attempts, but um, he still can shoot it. He's got a nice stroke to him. Um, you know, and I think he does a lot of things that the Wizards lack. Um, I don't – I think his ability on the defensive end uh, um, is going to be really high level. Um, I think he rebounds the ball really well, especially for his position in the NBA. And I think he's a better scorer. I mean, he's playing – at Virginia for Tony Bennett, who's a fantastic coach, but in a system that, you know, isn't necessarily, it's not an open-style system. It's not like he's playing at Duke with all his defense and doing different things the way that, that Coach K does it. I mean, he's playing in a blocker-mover offensive system that, you know, they don't have many guys who score it um, in double figures and who put up big numbers. So, you know, I just really like what his upside is. I think similar to... A guy like Rui Hachimura, I think his best basketball is ahead of him. Um, and I think he could be a really good pro. And if he fell to seven, I think the Wizards would be absolutely ecstatic. Right, right. And and I, I like that when I see him on the floor playing against Duke, even with Jack Salt and with, with you know, I mean, all the other guys aren't him, Diakite, DeAndre Hunter looks like a man out there with the rest of those dudes. Like, he looks like he belongs on the floor with them guys. And he does, you know. He, he takes these these little very advanced offensive mid-range game, and he was, like, taking it to Zion. He was taking it to – he was the only real person really doing it. Um, I'm interested to see if he could stretch out, out to NBA three-point range. I'm sure he can. But um, – and he's also two-way, which – the Wizards need some more of too, so I agree. My pick, my pick, my pick. I get to pick. Yep. Uncle Dougie again. Is this, this, this the Mavericks pick? No, this is the. Ah, uh, yeah, this is the. the this is. Yeah. It okay. sure so is. So with the with the eighth pick, uh, the Hawks select Nasir Little, wing from North Carolina. So I'm gonna do one of my favorite things here when I lock draft tonight, and I um am picking for two teams. Um, I go with a little safer pick like Kelvin Johnson 
has a better chance of being a role player. And then I hedge it with a boomer bust guy like Nazir Little. They I just noted the the serious lack of talent at the wing positions for for the Hawks and Nasir Little um, could be a superstar in this league. He could not be. You know, I've seen him fall as far into the late 20s in some mock drafts. I think that's a little much. Um, he obviously has a lot to grow, but uh, the Hawks, just like the Cavs, the two teams that I'm picking a lot for in this draft, um, they have years to develop these guys. And if the Especially the Hawks with, with Lloyd Pierce, who has a, um, who has a, John, you know this, has a very, very uh, long, I don't want to say long, but he's very respected for player development. I think you just put these guys in his hands, Trey Young, put them, John Collins, and you have a nice little core if you can get two or three of these guys to become anything of what they can be. You know, so that's my take on it. I, 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 I kind of waffled a little bit between uh, Little and and uh, who's the other guy I waffled with? You know, Romeo Langford, Jared Culver. But I, I figured I'd say I'll shoot for the moon and go for Nazir Little. All right, and the New Orleans Pelicans yeah. are going to do nothing about it. On the clock. And uh, with their so I take a little bit of, of a flyer here, and i got to give a little bit of a precursor. I think GI zone. I, I think that, that, interestingly enough, for the Pelicans, is depending on what happens with um, what they plan on doing with trades and free agency and that kind of stuff is is going to have a lot to do with this. I mean, when you're talking about the Pelicans, you've got to be thinking about where they're going to get with Anthony Davis. So they, you could definitely see them going with the shot block. You know, somebody who um, they can help fill a void there with what he's going to leave. But there's just not one that I want to reach at here. And Darius Garland has played only five games this year. He tore his ACL. Uh, he's been in Atlanta just working out, rehabbing. Um, since he tore his ACL. So, you know, what I like here and what I think with Darius Garland is he showed a very unique ability to score the basketball in college. Yeah. Um, he shoots it at a high clip. You can put him with Aaron Holiday um, and, and play a bigger guard. Um, you know, but I, I think it's going to be really difficult to make this pick as the Pelicans if you don't know what's going to happen with Anthony Davis. Um, and so I really like the opportunity here for for the Pelicans to take a guy like Garland. I threw around here at Culver, um, but I just thought that, uh, uh, that Darius Garland's upside and what he showed me in five games was was really big. No, so yeah, what I what I like about that is Darius Garland obviously came in towards ACL. Gee, Gary Indiana's own Darius Garland. They moved him out of town when he was in eighth grade because they didn't want him to get shot, I don't think. And it worked out well for him. But anyways, injury is usually something that uh, will take away from your draft stock, right? Like when he first got injured, I seen him around like late first round. Like, will he get drafted if he comes out? And with the, 
But when you, you look, look at, at the, I mean, a lot of people think John Morant, but there's a real lack of depth in point guard in this draft, or at least high-end depth. So, like, you're it, after John Morant and another guy that I'm about to say, I really think that it's wide open for point guards, and there's always going to be people wanting to take flyers on point guards. So if you can get a guy like Darius Garland, who was the best out of all these guys that are going to be coming out one and done, was considered the best point guard, I think that you have something there. And I, I can't argue with it. I would take a different person. I'm about to take that different person. But, um, yeah, Darius Garland, I, I have no problem with that pick is what I'm trying to say. So, anyways. I'm glad I got your approval. Yeah, well. Uh, Minnesota is on the clock. It was 10th pick. The Timberwolves select Kobe White, point guard out of North Carolina. Ah, uh, my man. I'm finally, I'm finally, finally afraid, not afraid to say it out loud and in public. I like Kobe White better than John Morant. I just didn't have a team that needed a point guard. I've been picking for the damn Hawks. I, and truthfully, I might trade Trey Young and keep Kobe White. That's how, that's how much I love man crush Kobe, man crushing Kobe White. Sorry. Anyways, Kobe White. Thing I like about him, 6'5". I also like guys with good pedigrees. I haven't seen John Morant do this. He couldn't start over Jonathan Stark last year at Murray State. I know that was probably more of a respect towards Jonathan Stark thing. But Kobe White, on the flip side, Roy Williams is benching Azir Little as a freshman. He doesn't like to start freshman. Kobe White walked in the door and started at point guard. Now... Maybe he doesn't want to start seventh woods. I can I can understand that, but Kobe White, he's doing it against Duke. Uh, the first time they did it around, it was he had a bad game. Second time, Trey Jones is this all-world defender. He's the best freshman defender ever, and Kobe White ate his lunch. So, um, and and, that, and, and there's just so many other things. I think he fits the modern point guard style in this league with the fast pace. And, you know, he's learning a lot of stuff about secondary transition that you can only really learn at North Carolina. I mean, you can't only really learn about it at North Carolina. I guess uh, DB, DB, isn't that his name? What's Oroy's old coach's name, John? Gene Smith? No, 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 no. Not, old, not, not, not Coach Smith. I would have called him Coach Smith. His assistant, his head assistant that coaches at UNC. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're him. But otherwise... Did I make that up? No, 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 no. Stevie McGrath, yeah. He coaches at one of the UNCs. Might be Wilmington? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think he might have replaced Kevin Keats. I'm probably right about that. Anyways, only, only DB and Roy Williams teach how to run the secondary break like that. And that can be... Or C.B. McGrath. C.B. McGrath. Yeah. God. I suck at names. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Kobe White. White. He's my favorite. I love Kobe White. I, I, I've watched him play so many times this year thinking, wow, like, this dude just gets it. And then the way he made shots, you know, the way that he used his dribble and got into the lane mm -hmm. against 
uh, Trey Jones, who is arguably one of the best. He, he, he's arguably the best on-ball defender in college basketball this year. Kobe right. White ate him up. and I think most, most people, people would argue with you saying arguably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. And so I'm a big fan of Kobe White. I love the way he plays. Well, he's all love 6'4", 6'5". And I think that's only going to help him. That's a... Uh, that's a good pick. I, I I like it. Like, and then you're walking in there. Yeah. Like now, now you're now you're running with something where you can you can, uh, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I you you'll be hearing a lot more about Kobe White. You can just count on that. So I'll just stop now and let John make his pick. Uh, number eleven, we have the Miami Heat. Uh, coach selects Jared Culver, the wing out of Texas. Yeah, I'm a big Jared Culver fan. Um, this may be a reach for him here. I I, I recognize that. Um, you know, and, and the Heat have a lot of needs. Um, I think if they fall this far down to the lottery, um, you know, they're going to be picking a role guy, you know. But um, Jared Culver can do a lot of things. I think he's a guy who's going to score it average at the NBA level, and he'll be a guy who – um, you know, he'll struggle a little bit offensively early in his career, but I think defensively, the things that he can do there are really going to help him. Um, and I think it adds a dimension to this Miami Heat team with them losing Dwayne Wade. Um, Jared Culver has some athleticism and, and he's able to run the court, push the ball in transition. So this may be a reach. He may not be, you know, the um, 11th best player, you know, in this uh, in this draft, but. Um, I do think he's he's got an enormous talent, um, and I think that'll go a long way. Yeah, I I, I think that um, Jared Culver works out fine, and they talk about the Heat culture all the time. He seems like the perfect guy to fit fit into that, where he's gonna come in, he's gonna come in and work hard. He he defends his ass off. Um, you know, and that's what they like right away. And then they, they figure they can figure the rest out later if you're going to do that. That's what the Heat do. That's what they're notorious for doing. And they're they're great with player development, which he does need some development, you know. So I, 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 I love the pick, and I disagree. I think Jared Culver's going in the top ten. I, it, I don't think it's a but you, you might think it's a reach, but I think that he's going to go in the top ten. I, I mean I don't I don't know if I have him right around ten as as far as overall value but I I'm I'm fully expecting him to go in the top ten actually but it's your pick again for the Hornets. Yep. Oh yeah. Damn you. Damn you. So. Langford to me fits in really well with the Hornets roster, depending on what happens, especially with Kemba Walker. Uh, that's kind of why I make this pick. Is a guy you got Tony Parker, who's an aging Tony Parker, and a shell of himself. You have Kemba Walker, who who knows what's going to happen with him moving forward with the organization. Um, you know, Romeo Langford's a guy who can get his own. He's a guy um, who I think has uh, the potential to be. Really high level. Here's the issue, and college basketball players need to be very careful. When you're a one and done guy, if you go to a roster that's void of talent, you are going to look. We're 
worse than you than you did, and you are going to hurt your draft stock no matter what kind of year you have. <laughs> and Romeo Langford hurt his draft stock by going to Indiana. Yeah. You know, it's just that's just the reality. I hope yeah, you're not listening, Mike. Laugh. It's just the reality. You know? No, you're I mean, right. I, I think anytime you know, like Clemson and South Carolina were in the final four or five or whatever for Zion Williamson. Yeah. Like, could you imagine him playing there? <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. You know, so I, you know, Romeo Langford hasn't shown this great ability to make shots. You know, he's shooting thirty-two percent from three. Um, he doesn't share the ball all the time. Well, he has no one to pass to. Right. You know, like it's just the reality. And so he takes tougher shots than he probably needs to. The rest of the roster isn't good enough for him to make plays for other guys. Um, and I, I think he's a good pro. I, you know, I would pick him and Kelvin Johnson around this this position mm-hmm. um, and say that I think both of them are going to be solid pros. Um, and I think Rank Langford, you know, is six six and he does have ball handling abilities and he will be able to learn the pick and roll game. But playing at Indiana didn't help him too. Okay, that's good. Um, all right, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you, and when you score 46 points in a game at Purdue, nobody's going to take you seriously as a scorer. Or at home against Purdue, excuse me. So, that's my my take. So, it's my it's my turn to be Magic Johnson again. Alright, uh, Lakers are at 13, and uh, the LeBrons select P.J. Washington, Ford out of Kentucky University. LeBrons, I like that, that was good. Yeah. Right. So uh, let me preface this by saying, let me preface this by saying, this is where I mean we're probably going to get a lot of clarity by now on what's going on with Anthony Davis. In which case, I'm looking for shooters and I'm trying to trade this pick down because shooters are a reach right now. Since you, especially since you just took Langford, I probably would have took Langford if I was on with that pick. But then I'm looking at guys like LeGerald Vick, Cameron Johnson, Kellen Grady, and I'm probably not taking them in the lottery. So I'm going to go with somebody that kind of is fits a player that LeBron is going to play with because he's the one guy that that is definitely going to be around. They're not trading him, right? So um, you're getting defense in the paint. You're getting a guy that knows what he's doing. He has, it's very – how many uh, – for, for as long as we've been doing this show, I've been talking about P.J. Washington's basketball IQ, which is something that's very underrated. Toughness is another thing that the Lakers need on their roster. They get that with P.J. Washington. He might be the coldest, toughest – I don't know. For, I, don't, I don't really want to have a lack of a better word, but it, he's not backing down from anybody. Let's put it that way. And so, um, yeah, and I, I've been a P.J. Washington fan. I have him ranked seventh on my board right now. That's probably pretty high for some people, but I'm a huge fan of his. I think that if you can get him in the late lottery, that's a steal because at very, very least, he is going to fill a – like P.J. Brown, uh, I don't know, like Tyrone Hill, but with a lot better offensive skill type role on a team. And that, and I'm just, 
Huge PJ Washington fan. He knows that. I tweet at him all the time about how awesome he is. So I'm a big PJ. I watch a ton of yeah. PJ Washington and um, continue to be really impressed. I was not as big of a fan of his last year. Yeah. Um, he's, he's been really good. He's a very difficult matchup. Um, he's good off the bounce. He's got a really good first step, a long first step mm-hmm. that gets by defenders, and um, he's really good around the rim. So, yeah. you know, I, I like the pick. I um, I think that you know it's a it's a solid fit for for the LeBrons as uh, yeah. as Adam Silver said. So and he could even maybe, maybe transition, and then uh, like like I said, I don't know. I I just feel like. That there's a very low chance, especially if they get Anthony Davis, that that pick is going to be there because it's obviously going to be shipped off to the Pelicans or whatever. But um, if I have to make that pick and my cupboard, whatever, just all things being equal, I like him as a fit. And I've always loved P.J. Washington, and I've been so happy. Like, I was I was thanking the heavens when he started his upward swing this year and when SEC season started. So, um, I don't know if it's my pick again, but... Nope. Coach no. on the clock. 14 oh. with Boston. Oh, shoot. Uh, Kevin Porter, wing from USC. I'm going to call him a guard, but you can yeah, call him a wing. Yeah, I, 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 so, we don't know a ton about what's going to happen here, right? I mean, this right. is another team that could potentially involve themselves with Anthony Davis. I'm the Celtics. I'm doing everything I can to get rid of Gordon Hayward. Um, and involve him in whatever I can. Right. Um, and there's a potential here that you've got to put in, you know, guys like um, Rozier um, or Marcus Smart. And if that's the case, maybe I go another way, like uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Um, but with this, knowing who we are, what we are as a Celtics organization, um, you know, I could see them trying to position themselves to replace um, Al Horford at some point here in the near future, but they drafted Robert Williams last year. Like, I think it's a good reach spot for a guy like Kevin Porter who you don't know a ton about. Most people don't. I mean, he's been suspended for the last 15 games of the year. Um, he's a guy who's only played 19 games for USC. He's only started four games. But there was a time when people were shocked at his ability and were talking about him being in the top five. Um, I think it's his ability off the bounce and really his ability to make shots. Um, and I like him. I, I, I like his um, the way he, he carries himself on the court, and I think he'd be a really good fit with the Celtics, especially if you have to give up you know, either a Jason Tatum or a Gordon Hayward or one of those other guards so, um, or a few of those guys, which is, you know, could happen. I mean, it's, it's a very strong possibility here. So... Um, that's why I like the Kevin Porter pick. Yeah, no, I do. I do too. And you know what? Um, I I think you could do a lot of things here, and the chances of them having all these picks are slim to none. Like I, I think if they don't get Anthony Davis, they're going to be in the market for something else. <laughs> I personally would would hold off on Rozier or Marcus Smart. Is what my personal thing would be. Is is any. I, I could I could add any pieces here or there, but with the thought that they're probably going to lose Kyrie, I would probably want to keep one of those point guards. 
whichever one, whichever one you would like the most. I would like Mar. I would like to keep Marcus Smart and keep our defensive identity if I was them. But um, yeah, but if you gotta make the pick, you gotta make the pick. Can't hate on you for that. Hold on. So it's gonna be my pick here with the with the uh, magic, and I'm gonna do a little something different here. So Adam Silver. All right. Yep, Orlando is on the clock. At 15, the Magic select Diedrich Lawson, forward out of Kansas University. Yeah, Rock Chalk. So, I'm going to go a little bit safe here with Diedrich. Um, I think that the Magic have been going with, and, and they've done a lot of good things the past few years in getting themselves in a position to maybe make the playoffs this year. But... Their, their philosophy for so long has been we're just going to do athletes, athletes, athletes. They got Aaron Gordon. They got Mo Bamba. They got Jonathan Isaac. That's three years in a row of picks. Um, or maybe three out of four. I think one of them was at Sonia. But anyways, now they need guys that are high basketball IQ that can get these guys the balls in the spot where they need, which is lobs. And even also rebound, outlet pass, run out. All that stuff. And I learned from John, because he's such an awesome coach, that Steve Clifford likes to do these run-out things. So um, I'm going to go Diedrich Lawson. I think it's a safe pick for them. I think it's a pick that um, that just helped your team right now. If you're, but They're a team that's trying to get themselves in the playoffs and make it a regular thing. You know, and I think a guy like Diedrich Lawson, he gets a bad rap, and I think he did a lot to save that while all his teammates were, you know, he had a lot of off-the-court trouble at Memphis or thought about off-the-court trouble. It was more bogus, you know, kind of FBI stuff that's going on. He wasn't implicated, obviously, but, you know, there was a lot of swirlings of, of impermissible benefits and, He's got, there's like all kinds of guardianship where like his his godson or his dad's godson is the number one player in 2021 or something crazy. So um, I think he got to Kansas and his teammates are just falling by the wayside for conduct, you know, and he's sitting there carrying them on, their, on his back. So I like Diedrich here. I think he's perfectly fitting for... Uh, middle first round pick number 15. I think he's perfect for there. So get on with that, Proker off. Uh, Brooklyn on the clock. Coach Bull Bull, center out of Oregon. Man, you beat me to him. So, I, mean, I don't think we have any idea what's going to happen with Bull Bull in the future of Bull Bull. I just think his skill set and what he brings to a basketball team just adds value and with a team where he has strong guard play, you know, D'Angelo Russell made uh, an all-star team, you know, especially Din, uh, Dinwiddie, who's been terrific prior to being injured. Um, you have Jared Allen, who's a strong defender in his own right um, and doesn't necessarily step out and play. You can add a guy like Bull Bull, I had thrown around Jackson Hayes here, but he's a little bit too much like uh, Jared Allen. They're just too similar. Um, so a guy like Bull Bull, I think what actually ends up happening here, I think the, the Nets have some freedom to do this, is the Nets go um, 
overseas and go with an international pick. Right. I just don't know enough about who I would pick with that selection. I right. throw this out there to the world. I'm just not as no. hip to, to international basketball. So, But I do think that they'll most likely go international here. But if I'm staying um, here with a player who played in college, I go bowl, bowl, assuming that everything shakes out with his – um, his foot and, and his injury. But, you know, he's got a, such a unique blend that it's hard to pass him up. Right, yeah. So, um, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little hint. Uh, um, the international class is not really where it's at this year. It's a lot of second-round picks. There's going to be guys taken in the first round, obviously, so they don't have to pay the salary. But uh, the international class is about three deep with uh, with with first round talent, and I'm going to take some of them. So don't you worry. Um, I guess I'm up with. I'm about back to back picks. Crosses the Pistons at 17 with Ashton Higgins, point guard out of Kentucky University. All right, so I'm looking at the Pistons depth chart here. And I see Reggie Jackson, who are they just are itching to get rid of. And um, also, also at the other guard spot, you know, you have Wayne Ellington, you have Ish Smith, you have all these guys, Luke Kennard, who's another guy they're going to want to score. Um, they're building this team around defense. And Ashton Higgins plays defense, Reggie Jackson does not. I think Ashton Higgins could come in and play behind Ish Smith for a year, if, if, if that's the case, or another veteran point guard. You know, uh, I think Reggie Jackson's going to get traded with this new regime in Detroit. I don't think they're trying to pay him anymore. Um, they're looking more to their two big guys as kind of their their – their centerpieces, and now they're going to try and build around it with perimeter defense, which I think is not a bad idea, actually. Um, but Ashton Higgins is the best defensive point guard in this draft, um, and I think that um, there's a lot of log jam here with the with with the point guards coming up here in the late teens, early twenties. You're going to see a run of them because it's not very high. Um, at the high end, but it's it's high. It it it's, it starts to get really deep, and people are going to start picking them. So, um, I, Ashton Higgins, he also has a lot of offensive upside. So, um, you never know. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go with him. Yeah, I'm going to go with him, and then. I got. Yeah, I like I like Higgins. I like the pick. I think it's a I think it's a good pick for for the Pistons. Um, you know, I think he's got a, a, a strong ability on the defensive end. I think he's shown a good ability with the ball and getting to the rim. You know, he hasn't had to be a scorer. I don't know that he'll he ever will be in the league, but I think he's a, a good pick there. Yeah. So. Uh, you want international? I got international for you, Wes. Spurs at 18. Very international. Goga Pitaz. Pitazzi. Pitazzi from KK Mega. Megamax. Yeah, Megamax, whatever the hell. So, Goga is... 
pretty much universally considered the second best international prospect outside of, uh, I mean, outside, shoot, I don't even know, uh, I'm looking at Rui, but I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about, oh, uh, actually, he and Seiko Demboya, that's what I'm thinking of, Seiko Demboya is the, is the other guy, but the Spurs, they love this kind of stuff, they love it, they do it, they do it in their sleep. This guy's going to come in three years from now. He's maybe even two years from now, maybe even tomorrow. And pretty pretty soon, Daniel Bertans or whatever the hell, you know, he's, he could end up being the next Boban. He could be end up being the next, you know, uh, Boris Diaw or whatever. I mean, I mean I, I, whoever the Spurs take, because they have two first-round picks, they might wait till 28 to do it, but they might save cap space, which they like to do, and pick an international guys first. And just, that they just get them. They get them, they get them, they get them. And Batazzi really, Seiko Demboy was the guy, kind of the guy that was, that was always going to be the number one, like the Luca or the, the, but he's not as good as them. I would more compare him to like Frank Nolakita as far as talent and upside. But Seku is not. Uh, Goga is kind of a hot name right now as far as maybe surpassing him. So let's time get on with the Celtics and see what we do here. Yeah, uh, 19, Boston. Uh, coach likes Akilah Alexander Walker, guard out of Virginia Tech. Yeah, I like Alexander Walker. I. I would, you know, I, I, between him and Higgins, I think it's a uh, good run here, uh, you know, and, and that goes a long way. So, um, you know, I I like what he's able to do with the ball in his hands. You know, she'll get his Alexander's cousin. Um, you know, there's a little bit of a, a pedigree there. Um, and I think he does a lot. You know, it feels... From the Celtics' perspective, it fills one of those holes that you potentially are going to have to trade um, to get a guy like Anthony Davis. So um, I like, you know, this pick. If they have it, great. Um, and, you know, I think Alexander Walker has as much upside as any guard that you're going to take from, you know, the end of the lottery until 25. So um, I like it. Yeah. You know what You know what I really loved and I got in a, I got in a little – Tuss with somebody on Twitter the other day about is uh, somebody said something about his field goal percentage at the rim, some analytics bullshit, um, and that it's really worrisome that he shoots 50% at the rim. Well, what do you notice about Nikhil Alexander Walker when he's when he's getting in the paint? He's posting people up to become an effective passer. I know you noticed, John. You noticed that. You notice that stuff, don't you? Yeah. Like, man, like, <laughs> come on, I'm, 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 I'm baiting you. Come on, do it. I, I, I just have this huge issue with guys talking about field goal percentage around the rim and vertical spacing. And I watch all this film. It's so great. Like, I know more than every college basketball coach in the country. That's why I call myself a scout. And I work as an analytics guru. Like, stop. Just stop. Like, you, you, you know, Nikhil Alexander Walker's not an all-star in the NBA. All right? He's not. But he is 
a player very similar to Terry Rozier. He's bigger than him, and he's uh, bigger than Marcus Smart. He's really good at pick and rolls. He's a really at a passer in a in right. a uh, style yeah. the way Virginia Tech plays <laughs> yeah. that does not surround him in a place to make a ton of plays for other guys, and he still has seventy five plus assists this year. Right. So, yeah. Like... Don't talk to me about field goal percentage around the rim and tell me that you looked at the shot chart from December to January fifteenth. Like I don't care. Like if you. Right. You just call yourself a scout because you watched NBA last night. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Like, cool. You're a You know, like that's just the reality. So, cool. Great. Talk to me about it when he's a veteran in the league for ten years and, and he's done a great job on whatever team picks him. Peace out. Tweet that. Meanwhile, I'll tell you sending live tweets. No, 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 I'm not sending live tweets. I, 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 I baited John in, in the... Making sure that it records. Well, no, no, no. Well, well I just, I just said, like, don't you notice when, when they're, when he's posting up runs at six, because he's 6'5", and he's passing over the top to three-point shooters wide open in the corner? Do you, does, do you, is there an analytic for that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Williams throwing analytics out the window. Buzz Williams is is a guy who says, hey, go play as hard as you possibly can to get me a basket. Like, what do you... I just just can't deal with it anymore now. Like, I really can't. You can't tell me that you're smarter than every coach in in basketball because, you know, you watched, um, you know, NBA tonight. Like, it's just, like, cool, like... So did a shot. Like, what does that mean? He did. Oh, I, I He's a good wide receiver, though, but that doesn't make him a scout. You're right. Anyways, I like to see you out of your shell, man. It makes me happy. Uh, yeah, you'll like it. He's going to like the pick. On the clock, Utah takes Admiral Schofield, wing out of Tennessee. All right. You like it, don't you, John? Yeah, I know. So this is this is what this is why I love this pick for Utah, even though he's gonna hate Utah. But um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know him. So I'm looking at the depth chart. You got Joe Ingles. He he might seem young, but he's been playing in the NBA or he's been playing overseas for a long time. He's up into his 30s. Then you got Royce O'Neal, then you got Kyle Korver on the wings. So, what I'm telling you with Admiral Schofield is this is a team that, what do they do? What do they hang their hat on? They hang their hat on tough physical defense, and he can play that. He plays it now at Tennessee, um, and he also can fill a lot of these holes offensively. Like, he's, he's a man ready to play in this league also, and that's... Something that has to be taken into consideration. And when you look at the guys on this team that get a lot of the play, Rudy Gobert, Derek Favors, you know, Donovan Mitchell, F.K. Udo, Jay Crowder, those guys are men that are ready to play in the NBA, and that's why they're so tough and physical defensively, which is fine. And then he brings a little bit of a mid-range game that they need because, the, I mean, that's just the way they play. They don't, I mean... They let Donovan do what Donovan does offensively, scoring. But really, they're an inside-out team. 
and not that I would love to see Admiral pick up his his three point shooting game, but if not, you know, like I, I I at very least think he's a very solid role player for this team that can come in. Like I see them playing uh, what's his name that that uh, that's a uh, uh, number three Tory Craig. You know, he's a low major player that's playing up to the highest of his potentials. Admiral Schofield could walk in and do what Tory Craig is doing. No offense to Tory Craig, but he could walk in and do that. So, I take Admiral Schofield. You I, like, I like Schofield, man. I watched, again, SEC play. I watched a ton of him play. He goes through peaks and valleys. You know, I think he's got to be a more consistent shot maker, although I think his range will stretch to the NBA line really easily. Um, and he could be a great defender, um, and he can guard multiple positions, especially bigger than he needs to. He's done it, um, you know, guarding the post um, in the SEC play. He does a good job, um, and he's strong enough to, to go there. You know, like, his ability with the ball in his hands, we'll see at the NBA, but this is a guy who's um, who's the guy who played uh, uh, at Marquette, who played for Buzz Williams. Oh, uh, yeah, Jay Crowder. Yeah, he's Jay Crowder. Yeah. Like, he's Jay Crowder. Didn't I just say? They, they can yeah, play. Yeah, they can, can learn a lot from each other. Yeah, and I think it's a great person for him to learn a lot from. I think it makes Jay Crowder a little bit expendable even in a couple yeah, of years. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like the Celtics time. Celtics time. Yeah, last pick, it seems like. Uh, coach takes Brandon Clark forward out of Gonzaga University. So, so I, I take Brandon. Let, let me talk before you get to <laughs> I, I take Brandon Clark with the idea that Al Horford is on his last legs. Um, and I think their games, although Clark doesn't step out like Al Horford does, um, I like the Clark pick here, especially knowing that you have a guy like Rob Williams, um, who's, you know, far down your bench, but is another athletic rim protector. Um, and you could play those two together. The guy who I was going around here is actually his teammate, Kelly Antilly, mm-hmm. who I think may be just as good of a prospect as Brandon Clark is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Clark's been great on the defensive end, um, and he's been great at Gonzaga this year. But, you know, he is still a 17 to 28 guy, depending on the, on the fit. But I think he's the guy that the Celtics – um, could take a look at and I couldn't take another center, although I thought about it um, because I know that you do have Robert Williams, and I've seen Robert mm-hmm. Williams ceiling through some of the things he did last year at AM and even in his limited role this year. So um, I take Brandon Clark. Right. I think Tice is on his way out, though, too. So you can, I mean, there's three spots, especially for young guys. But I, I, I don't mind. I, I love Brandon Clark. We, and that's another argument, man. I gotta stop fucking with these people on Twitter. I swear to God, uh, trying to tell me. 22. Right. Anyways, twenty-two. Second pick of their first round, Daniel Gafford, big uh, Arkansas. Yep. Well, I know John wanted him. I'm surprised he didn't take him with the Celtics with all the Twitter things. But um, Cavs, they want somebody like Tristan Thompson so they can get rid of Tristan Thompson. I think Daniel Gafford will be better than Tristan Thompson in two or three years. So the Cavs have that to spend. Now that gives them a 4-5 combination of Rui Hachimura and Daniel Gafford, perhaps. So, 
you know uh no, I, I don't really have to go much farther than that. They they have Kevin Love as, as their stretch guy, as their stretch pig. They need somebody to protect the rim, rebound the ball, uh, catch lobs from Colin Sexton, um, you know, uh, set screens, do maybe some big-to-big passing with Rui Hachimura. It's, I think this is a really good fit. I think Gafford goes before this, but, you know, um, in in real life, but if, if if you give me this pick, I'm ecstatic with it, and I'm ecstatic with my haul of Hachimura and Gafford if I'm the Cavs. Uh, 24? 
and they're basically going to have to replenish their bench and start. This is how Sam Presti does things. He, I, I don't think he expected really to get Paul George, but actually I do because Sam Presti thinks he's doing everything. So now that Terrence Ferguson and... Oh, yeah, we didn't get to talk about it. Slam dunk champion, Hamadou Diallo. Anyways, yeah. Oh, I don't even want to talk about it with you haters. Anyways, uh, yeah, so they're going to go Euro. They're going to go Euro. They're going to stash Seku. He's, he's really not ready. He's ready physically, but he's really not ready to come out and play meaningful minutes. He could use another year or two in Europe, and he can come out just fine. Um, so, you know, you, you might have, like, another Alex Abrinas situation, except instead of a shooter, you're going to get an athletic, you know, wing that hopefully becomes a 3 and D. So, what the Sixers? Sixers getting the 25th pick, man? This is some crazy shit for them. Billy at 25 takes Charles Basie Center out of Western Kentucky. Charles Bassey, Adam Silver, you should be listening and getting to know your guys' name. They're going to be playing. The biggest biggest question I had with Charles Bassey is, is, or was, what's he going to last an entire year playing for Western Kentucky? Was he going to go through the year, not get suspended, everything, go the entire year playing at Western Kentucky, and he has, and he's produced. The problem is he plays in Conference USA. He's another guy who ends up going to a school that just does not have as good of talent as other programs. It's the problem when you go to a smaller school or a team that doesn't have the roster that um, you know other programs do. So, Bassey, to me, he shoots a really high percentage. I think he could be a backup to Joel Embiid. He's got a really good touch around the rim. He also can step out a little bit, although he hasn't gotten to um, here much this year. Um, and he's a solid rim protector. Like I, I think that he fits in really well um, with the other guys that the 76ers have. So um, I feel like a genius. I, no, I I feel like you're a genius too. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't let you grace the grace the microphone with me if I didn't think so. But um, I'm also a big Bassey fan, and I thought about him a lot, like, with the Spurs, and I thought about him a lot when I was picking bigs. I thought about him with Gafford, too, but ultimately I like Gafford a little better. And the thing is, I don't really think uh, I don't really think Bassey, like, oh, if he had to go, he had to go without going, or without getting suspended or anything. Mitchell Robinson did about as bad as anybody could do, and he's doing just fine with the Knicks, you know. So, um, I'm, well, my point was more playing at Western Kentucky for the coach that Western Kentucky has and the turnover that they have. Um, you know, they they just rarely get by with a guy who ends up playing for them um, for an entire season who has as much uh, pub as Bassey did. I mean, Rick Stansberry has a long history. <laughs> bringing in dudes who, you know, end up, you know, not finishing the year. And that goes back to his time at Mississippi State. That goes to his time when he was an assistant at Texas A&M. You know his name, right? I don't know anything about Bassey as a human being. I just know the Western Kentucky, the way that it's worked under Stansberry, I think 
Um, I do know a little bit about Bassey as a human being, and he, he's from Nigeria, actually. And, um, you know, he kind of, uh, uh, he's a hard worker, and you know what? He probably needed the money. I'm not, I'm not accusing him of breaking any NCAA laws or anything, but we know Rick Stansbury's name is spelled dollar sign T-A-N. S B U R Y. So, um, next. <laughs> so, anyways, next. Um, hold on one second. I got the Pacers. I know who I'm, I know. I, hey, I know who I'm picking for the Pacers. So chill. I'm running to it, dude. I know. I got seven seconds left. Larry Bird is sprinting to Adam Silver. Oh yeah, he is. Especially after you see who he's picking. My my <laughs> So they're playing right now. Is anybody watching them? They are not playing. They lost oh. in the first round. Oh, well. North Dakota State is playing. Oh, North Dakota State, man. These Summit League teams, these SoCon teams, they're killing me. So they're not going to make the tournament, which ruins my point that they're going to. Be a team that could win a team a game in the tournament. Shit, don't I smell? Don't I sound dumb? Anyways, um, either way, six eleven shooter. Um, this team has a lot of getting younger to do while kind of staying. At, it's they have getting younger to do, but I don't think they can do it by getting one and done guys. This is this is going to be my whole theory behind Larry Bird. He's not going to want to want to rebuild. And who knows how old Debo's coming back. He's really the only young kind of at Him and Miles Turner are really the only young in, in Saponis, I guess, is one, too. But, like, they need guys. Thaddeus Young starts for them. Darren Collison starts for them. Uh, who's their other starter I just saw starts for them for overall Depot. Oh, Tyreek Evans. You know, they brought in Wesley Mack. Wesley Matthews, yeah, Bogdanovich, whatever, you know, like, like this will be the whitest team in the league too, by the way, TJ Leaf, Doug McDermott, uh, but anyways, it don't really matter with Dom, I think that his skill set there, one thing I said a long time ago, the first time I said it was about Chandler Parsons, and then once I found out BJ Mullins could shoot, I said it about him too. There will always be room for 6'10 guys that can shoot the ball. Always, 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 always. There will never. And it, that might up itself to 7-footers maybe in the next 5 to 10 years. But still, as of right now, Dom 6'11. There will always be room for guys like him. And he rebounds the ball. And that's that's a big thing. I, I don't know where the Pacers are at in rebounding this year. But I see a lot of rebounding ass. MFers on their team. Sabonis, Miles Turner, you know, Kyle O'Quinn. So that that that's that's part of what they're doing. They're trying to get they're they're being physical with trying to try, you know, shoot the ball so with Bogdanovich. So um yeah, I, I like it. The fuck was that? Anyway. John with Brooklyn at twenty seven, Killian Tilly forward out of Gonzaga University. Ooh. I just think Tilly really fits in well with who they have. I, you just said said it. Like 
we didn't ever get enough guys who could make shots. Right. Um, and I think he's a stretch guy who can play with a guy like Jared Allen, with Jackson Hayes. Um, I think he, you know, he rebounds the ball well enough, um, and he's crafty enough um, to do some things, to put him in a position to run some stuff out of the high post. And, um, you know, I think he's a, I think he's a good pro. Um, you know, you're probably not talking about Brandon Clark at 20 if – I, I like Tilly too, and he, you're going to get value with him because he was hurt all year. I think that if he's if he plays all year, he's he's a borderline lottery pick. So if you can get him here, I, I was thinking about taking him with the Spurs next, but um, guess I'm going to have to go point guard. But whatever you want, uh, whatever you've been see, you sold three picks for me right before I'm about to pick him. So we're going to have to have a talk in my office later. <laughs> All right. Anyway. This... No, I don't want you to guess pick. I just didn't type it. Hold on. Ty Jerome, point guard, out of Virginia. Yes. So, if you go to the San Antonio Spurs depth chart on ESPN.com, holler at me. If you want to pick up my podcast, I'll clean up my mouth, I promise. You'll see Bryn Bryn Forbes as a starting point guard. That is a miracle that they are in the playoff hunt right now with Bryn Forbes as their point guard. Um, I know Tony Parker, odds are Tony Parker's not back. Patty Mills is second on that list, which means obviously he's out, out of favor there. Um, you can look wing here or another forward too, but I think you just take a shot on a forward uh, on a point guard here. This is the kind of point guard. He, Ty Jerome kind of reminds me of a poor man's Tony Parker. Also, um, oh yeah, he got traded. Whatever. But I I'm picking up what you're putting down. Who's the guy that got hurt from the Spurs this year? Um. DeJounte yeah, DeJounte Murray, and they still like him a lot, but they're not afraid to bring other guys in. Like that, and and this is just the it, it, it reeks of the Spurs. It reeks of the Spurs to me. It, uh, like a, a guy, I am too, and 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 a guy that that is underrated defensively. Um, I don't. I, I think other people on Virginia get a lot of credit for, credit for their defense. Kyle Guy doesn't deserve credit for his defense. I think Ty Jerome does. He has a he has size at six five six six at the point guard spot. So, anyways, let's get these last two picks out of the way real quick, because um, they usually never end up mattering. So, oh, it's my pick. Damn it. Well, I guess I'm going with the best shooter. I forgot. I just took the best shooter. 
Now, yeah, so I'm taking Kellen Grady here. Um, there's a chance that Clay Thompson can be gone. There's a chance that Kevin Durant can be gone. I don't know why the NBA has to draft before their free agency. Uh, we were talking before the show about NFL being in the middle of the news in March, and I think that's part of the reason why they they do their uh, they you know they're having their free agency now, and then they draft to supplement that, and a team like the Warriors is going to be stuck with, you know, whoever, you know. They could take Colin Grady and then Clay Thompson can stay and Kevin Durant can go and then maybe they would have wanted to take somebody else that is more Kevin Durant's position. Maybe they want to take uh, Jalen McDaniels or, uh, or you know, somebody like that. So, um, yeah, I, I like Colin Grady. Um, he did, he had a huge play, a dunk that was almost a butter, buzzer beater the other night that I watched, and he's got a stroke, and he is one of the. When you go to Davidson, John attests to this to me. You're being coached by one of the best offensive minds in college basketball. Um, so um, I think that, and 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 Bob McKillop is the kind of guy that I mean, if you look. Also, I mean, I didn't even think about the Davidson connection between him and Steph, but, like, that that's the kind of basketball that Bob McKillop teaches is the kind you taught to Steph Curry. So, um, basically, I kind of walked into that, but now that, I, now that I thought of it, I like it even more. So, Colin Grady, he's going to be the next Splash Brother. He could be the next Splash Brother, too, maybe. <laughs> anyway, yeah, go ahead, Jack. I'm the best shooter for the draft. Um, it's Fletcher McGee. Um, Fletcher McGee's huge volume. Mike Young is a brilliant offensive mind at Wofford. He's the kind of guy who any year now could decide to make a run at the NBA, and he'd be an NBA head coach. Um, and, you know, after a few years as an offensive coordinator for an organization, um, but this is a dude who's shooting 43% from three in his career. He's made 502 threes out of 1,145. He's 42% this year with 151 makes. You're going to get to see him in the NCAA tournament. I don't think the Bucs actually select him here. I think if they use this pick, they're going to take a guy like Bruno Fernando uh, or Nas Reed. Um, but... Yeah, especially because they took Dante DiVincenzo in the first round last year. But Fletcher McGee is the best shooter in this class, uh, in this draft, and he would be, uh, will be, you know, uh, a guy who a lot of teams are going to take a really hard look at. So I go Fletcher McGee. Uh, you know, like he's got a very unique ability to shoot from different angles. Mm-hmm. His hips don't have to be at the rim. He can catch in any position. He hops going right. His his footwork's impeccable, um, and he's got a he's like a you know like not compare him to another white guy, but he's Steve Kerrish. He's Mark Priceish. Yeah. Um, except with I see Mike like, yeah, Mark Price. Like, yeah. yeah, from from a three point arc. So um, huge fan, and I think he's got more stuff to his game than just shooting the basketball. So I won't be shocked when he's the first round pick. Yeah. Um. 
one thing, one person I'm, I'm mad that I didn't take in the first round because also 6'9", 6'10", guys that can shoot. Uh, Cameron Johnson. Is there any other guys? Is there any other guys that you think? Um, I think McDaniels has a good shot to be. What about your homeboy? Who? Your homeboy Jordan Caroline, the man not to be trifled with. Yeah, I think I think Caroline's a second round pick. Yeah. Um, I think Tyler Hero could potentially come out in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler Hero's another guy who you know I I actually put down prior to taking uh, Killian Tilly. Mm-hmm. I actually was going to take Tyler Hero with the Nets. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there are a few out there. I love Jalen Daniels. I like Cam Johnson. I think Bruno Fernando is probably a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. But um, I think we did a damn good job. I think we, we did, too. And Ryan Silver, or Adam Silver impression. Shout-out to Ryan Silver. What's supposed to leave my dude? Yeah. Shout-out to everybody who wants to beef with me on Twitter. You don't want none. Ah. I also want to make a statement about Twitter real quick. Oh, yeah. You're, I, I, you're good. I, I have a very hard time going back and forth with people on Twitter. I, I, don't. I don't ask questions as a guy who's throwing shade. I ask questions purely when I see something that I'm curious about. Um, and I I think people would consider it a spat that I had the other night. But it was a genuine question when I asked, um, what's his name? Um, Who, Jackson? Jackson. About Jackson Hoy, my man. I love you, Jackson, man. You're... Yeah. I asked him about Brandon Clark on Twitter. I think he took real offense to that because I asked if this was analytical or was actual um, uh, film watching, and he spouted off and retweeted my stuff and all this kind yeah. of stuff. And my point is, here's what I want to say is, I'm very curious about the NBA stuff. I'm a coach, right? Like, I'm going to coach again in college basketball. That's what I'm going to do. I've done it my entire life. Um, I don't really care to be with people on Twitter to get into back and forth. Um, and there's a place and time to have conversations. But um, I do believe, and, and I believe that we're taking too much of an analytical stance on, on basketball and not enough on the actual way the game's played and what can be done with it. Um, you know, I look back at Zaire Smith last year. Like, Zaire Smith should not have been a first-round pick. And that's just the reality. And there's other guys who are going to be in that position here this year who are going to be similar. And, you know, it's the same thing with Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark is really good. Brandon Clark is a top one pick. But Brandon Clark is not the best player on Gonzaga, and he's not the best player in the country. So you can't do that. And... You don't know more than every college basketball coach. You right. don't know more than those guys. And so, in Only the I do. time and place, and I was coaching pre-analytics movement a little bit, and I believe in it to an extent. But you can't just throw stuff against the wall and call it breakfast. Right. And that's kind of what I'm, what I'm seeing in some of these situations. So I wanted to throw that out there. Because and if, if anybody wants to... Right. So I'll tell you one more. I'll say one more thing about that. Um, first of all, if if you're not comfortable in your own skin enough to have an intelligent conversation with somebody who knows what they're talking about about basketball, then don't make the comments on Twitter. First of all, second of all, 
Um, anybody who wants beef on Twitter, come holler at me, but you don't. Um, and then third of all, if you want to talk about watching film, I watch more film than any scout at any website at any other place combined. So if you want to have a film watching contest, why don't you come and holler at me because I watch film. That's all I do. So, yeah. I don't, but I just watch film. I know how. I know who's good. I can just watch him. I don't. I, it, oh, we're back. Yeah. We're back. We're back. We ain't fucking going nowhere either. Holla, black draft, damn it. Holler at Lola Duck. Ah, holler at Lola Bunny. Dateline Dougie, John Pug, Coach, Nationwide West. Mother. Almost. Speaking of David Burke. Ah!